Kale Show presented by 104.9 WPXN, Paxton Rantoul. Jay, we got a lot to talk about today. Had a lot going on yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was a rough day for your boy over here in the sports world. But, uh, you know, I guess you can't win them all. Took a few on the chin yesterday, but hopefully our highlight can bounce back. I know we'll talk about that. And obviously the Super Bowl, so. It was a rough day for, uh, for Illini fans, but I... Uh, I don't know. I felt, you know, okay about that loss. Uh, there's some stuff I want to talk about that happened at the end. So what do you want to start with? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty hot topic for all the, the diehard Illini fans that didn't shut the TV off when uh, Garza made that three to put them up 69-62. Uh, yeah, I think I know what you're going to – I think I know what you're going to mention here when it comes to the, the latter part of that game against Iowa. Fran McCaffrey is not my favorite individual in the world. That is the nicest way to put it, you know. It's, it's I, a good thing that we care about our viewers and because uh, if there was no censorship involved, there would be some very choice words for Mr. Coach McCaffrey. You know, I never have cared for the guy too much, but I just want the record to show that Jamal Walker and Chin Coleman would have bodied him at the end of that game. I mean, it's just – kind of thing that you 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 don't forget you know and they're coming back to champagne right and, old fran's uh, got to realize that right and i was been a team that's kind of had our number late in the year the last couple of years you know i mean they were the ones that knocked us out of the big 10 tournament last year i know guys that came back remember that guys like trent and io and georgie and monte then, you know on top of that to throw something like this in there where you just really i mean it's just a classless move. Why are you dunking the ball when the game's over? I mean, the game is completely out of reach. You're on your home floor. Place is going crazy. But instead, you dunk and you got Garza flexing on people and you know yelling at our bench. And Garza's always been an emotional player. I mean, I'll give him credit. He had a heck of a game Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, he played great. If he'd have been doing that, if that would have been his first bucket that he made there at the latter half of the game. But he was drilling three after three after three. Half of that was because we weren't respecting his ability to shoot out there. But, um, you know, it's a little different song and dance if he'd have been, if that would have been his first three. But, I mean, he was on fire. He's already an emotional player. So, do I hate Garza? Not as much. I mean, I hate him, but in a different way. Yeah. Uh, it's McCaffrey that I have the problem with. Yeah, I mean, he's just a very unpopular guy in general. I mean, 
Doesn't have a very good relationship with the rest of the league, head coach wise. I mean, give him credit. He can really... recruit. He can find players. He his, absolutely. He's yeah. got the ability to find the talent, and he can coach the talent. But and I mean, I guess that's all that matters in the end. You know, we. I mean, they beat us. We don't like him. I mean, they have their way of doing things, and it maybe it's not as popular, but. The Garza three maybe isn't what is irked me as much as that uh, Weeds Camp dunk. I think that's kind of what sent me over the edge. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, like I said, maybe times are changing, but call off the dogs. As far as, yeah, as far as I've as long as I've been around, that's a classless move. Like the game's out of reach. You beat a team on your home floor. A good team. You're right. and I was a great team. I can't yeah. sit here and say that they're not. Right. You know, I mean, I, they have two of the I top was, five scores in the Big Ten. Yes. And as long as Garza's going to be at Iowa, they're going to be tough to beat. And Iowa's going to sit out there, and they're going to walk around the perimeter, and they're going to shoot threes, and they did that very well against Illinois. Yeah, so two of the top five scores in the Big Ten. And, I mean, Wieskamp is the leading three-point shooter in the Big Ten. He has the best three-point shooting percentage. Yep. I mean, they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. And, and executed. Like talked about, you know, we, you know, as terrible as it sounds, we all, it seems like we all had a bad feeling about this game walking into Iowa on Sunday. You know, the streak had to end at some point. You had to expect it to happen. There isn't a better team. Well, there is better teams, but at least it wasn't Purdue. At least it wasn't Wisconsin. Iowa still stings about as bad as those other ones, but we kind of all knew what was going to happen, essentially. Yeah, as you just alluded to. Right. I mean, and the part that was just just made it even more frustrating is they played a good game. Yeah, right. They played a good game, and then on the other side of things, you have a team like Wisconsin who knocks off Michigan State at home. Yes, and gives us a chance to really step away. You know, and I mean. Unfortunately, we just weren't able to get it done. But, I mean, I'm fine with that, I guess. But when it comes to moral victories, I'd rather lose there on the road and take care of business at home the rest of the year. You know, I guess I'd be all right with that. But, man. We've, we've ran through the schedule 600 times, you and I have, and they still have Northwestern and Nebraska, two winnable games in Champaign. Right. Or, excuse me, that Northwestern game's up there, but still, that's winnable. Absolutely. Uh, and then I, I don't that that loss would have been worse if they just would have been had their doors blown off. But you know, Kofi was in foul trouble. Georgie wasn't hitting anything inside. Right. He couldn't finish at the rim. Feliz wanted it. You could tell he wanted it. They were bringing three guys at I O. Trent hit a few bunch of big shots that kept the Illini in it. It just came down to the fact they were out rebounded and out manned down low. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, they talked about it before the game. Barnhart and Iowa's radio guy. I mean, they were talking about how Garza's the kind of guy who's going to get his points, and you got to do your best to. You're not going to stop everybody else. I mean, he's the type of guy. You know, we talked about Teske being a good matchup with Kofi from Michigan, and right. Garza is the kind of guy who's played Michigan twice, and he's got like forty-three and thirty against Teske. Like, yeah. I would and, consider Teske one of the better big men in the Big Ten, and Garza just made him look like a fool. So, I think that, that the best big man in the Big Ten now, so, sole possession goes to Luca Garza. 100%. But 
here's the thing. You turn around, you've got uh who where we got where we at next? I forgot. Uh let's see. It's one of our home games. Michigan State at home, I think. Yeah, Michigan State at home. Um and that's a very pivotal game. No, Maryland at home, Friday Maryland the seventh. That's right. They play one of those weird Friday games. Uh, they got uh, Maryland at home Friday, and then Tuesday the 11th is Michigan State at home. So you're at home for essentially two straight weeks before you go on the road again to Rutgers the 15th. So once again, you're out to get revenge against Maryland after pl- going out there right those two consecutive Big Ten games they played before bragging rights to get revenge at one-point loss. And then, hey, Michigan State beat us by 20. We're not the same team that they first saw in, or earlier in the year. So, and I mean, as we've seen, absolutely, I agree 100% with Maryland. That needs to, uh, we need to have a little bit of vengeance type attitude going back out there. And then, I mean, Michigan State has proved that they are not playing well on the road right now. No, they have a lot of weak. They really haven't. Yeah, they really haven't played on the road. Haven't played well on the road the majority of the year. I mean, all the close games that they've had, I mean, have been away. I mean, Indiana smoked them. I guess didn't smoke them, but beat them, you know. I mean, nobody really had a question who was going to win that game. Wisconsin just beat them by one. Right, you know, and I mean, regardless of, I guess, score throughout the game, I guess the proof is, the proof is just there in the pudding at the end of the game. Like, with Michigan State just struggling right now and they're not playing in East Lansing. Alan Griffin had a pretty decent game. He, you could tell, he had some rust, and he was thrown into the into the game, and he was expected to produce like he didn't miss a beat. And there's a couple times where he didn't. He had a couple big shots. Uh, there were some other times where he looked uh, pretty rusty. So hopefully that'll that'll change because we need him back. Uh, Io is going to have to learn how to play through that triple team. He's going to see the rest of the year. There's just no no other choice. Yeah, I mean, people have to realize. I mean, Io, first of all, that you're right, has to realize that. I mean, he's going to draw the best matchups defensively from other teams at the guard and or three stretch four position, whatever it might be, who they put on him. And you know, and, and at the same time, other guys got to be ready to step up. You know, i.e. Trent, Trent right? You know, I feel like we're a different team when Trent shoots the ball well from the outside, along with Griffin, and I mean. Even Georgie's shown he can step out there and and make a few jump shots. I feel like that would really help Georgie's game if he could really hone in from like 15 to 18 feet. Because I mean, he's got good footwork in the post, and we've seen yes. that. But and it's going to spread the floor back there, right? When guys sit back there and know they don't have to go out there and guard him, it just kind of confuses me. Because one night he'll bang three or four threes, and then the next night he won't even look at the rim outside of 15 feet. It's just confusing to me, but. DeMonte had another lockdown game. I mean, he was asked to uh, guard Garza a couple times. He was shoved to the five, but everyone, Kofi. Him and Kipper Nichols, too. Kipper had a great game, I thought. He's a guy that everyone kind of has forgotten about a little bit. I mean. Maybe that's a good thing because he's really stepped up and proved that, you know, hey, he was a three-star or a two-star. He's got something here to prove, and he's the only scholarship player Illinois has that's been there for four years. Prove why you're still there. And when he was asked to stop Garza and a couple times in there, 
he did it. I mean, he made Garza dish the ball outside just by being tough. Right, exactly. And, I mean, Kipper was a guy who Underwood has given a lot of praise to, I mean, over the years. And he was a guy who, even though our record didn't really, you know, wasn't where we wanted it to be last year. I mean, he was a guy who played pretty well. And Underwood talked about him always being in the gym and getting shots up. And, you know, and, and I mean, people forget Kipper had a lot of – I mean, he played big minutes last year. And now he's got some guys – around him that you know i guess for lack of a better term are a little better yeah wise you know just different from what we've seen and, and he's know, fit into that of- he's he's fit into that bench role you know right. he's he's coming off the bench he's a he's a senior that could say you know hey i'm a senior i'm i'm, I'm here to start or he could have transferred instead he stayed and he's fitting into that bench role just like Feliz. so I'm starting to gain more confidence, more and more confidence now as, you know, as March is ramping up here. And it's amazing that we're even talking about this right now, that our bench unit might actually be productive. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think our bench is very good. You know, I think that final starting five spot is a revolving door where I think it could be a different guy, you know, and right. on any given night, it can be Dante, it can be Feliz, it can be Griffin, it can, you know what I'm saying? There's just so many options there. Right, and the only reason why Kipper won't start is because, obviously, he's got the Twin Towers ahead of him. So, right. But, you know, Kipper on that elbow, 15 feet in, it's he's pretty dangerous, and he can burn you with some footwork, too. I don't know, the Illini, uh, it was sad we lost to Iowa. They played a phenomenal game. They were in it the whole time, except for about the last 30 seconds. It kind of slipped away. There are some moments that uh, that could have been cleaned up, but, hey, it was a good run, seven games straight, or eight games straight. I mean, can't complain. Now I just got to get that reality check. Now it's time to get back to work. That's exactly right. I think we can get to our 12-win mark, so I'm still excited for them. The uh, yeah, not only that, there's still an opportunity to win the Big Ten outright. I mean, there's still you beat Michigan State, there it's there. Absolutely. Um, you move on. We got the Super Bowl. The uh, I was a little confused about what the uh, uh, 49ers were trying to do there at halftime. It seemed to me that they were being complacent and going in with a tie at half. When in all reality, you got a team matched up. You're matched up against a team like the Chiefs who can score points. Points aren't going to come easy, and field goals aren't going to win you that game. I feel like they could have Shanahan could have played that way different there in the latter half of the first half. Yeah, I would completely agree. I mean, I don't know what the mindset was, is if they were just going to try to do the bare minimum and hope their defense would carry them or what, but. I mean, even that, in the second half, I felt pretty good about my pick when we're up 10 with eight and a half minutes to go. Yeah. I'm like, surely we can move the ball to get two or three first, two, two first downs, and we got a good chance to win this game. And is, three and out, and you put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands twice in the last eight minutes. What do you think's going to happen? He's going to score. He's going to win the game. And he didn't even have that great of a game. Like, he was pretty off. You could tell the, the stage was pretty big, which the Super Bowl is for anybody, except for TB12. But you could tell he was a little lackluster there in that first half, and they handed the ball off more than I thought they were going to in that game. 
Yeah, me too. I mean, I talked about that front four for San Fran. They really didn't get that great of a pass rush, and Andy nope. Reid had a lot of divine, a lot of designed rollouts for Mahomes as well. I mean, that defense, I mean, was pretty much nowhere near where I thought they needed to be to make him feel uncomfortable. I didn't want to think Mahomes looked uncomfortable all night. Not for the fact of a defense in his face, I mean. he might The stage might have been too big, like you said, but that San Fran defense wasn't flying around making him nervous. No, that's – yeah, I wasn't saying – you know, obviously he only had Bosa or any other guy in his face, what, maybe six, seven times the whole game, maybe? Yeah, right, exactly. And then that's my whole thing is, hey, you know, he's only – He's my age, Mahomes, and hey, I'm in a Super Bowl. Maybe you know he got out there, he got some nerves in him a little bit, but I mean he pulled through and he he made some passes when he needed to make some passes. He really did. I mean, and that was the difference in the game. Is you know you can I guess be average the whole game if your team's going to hang around in the last right. few drives. If you need to score and you score and you win. And I, was, I guess that's what you know separates average quarterbacks from great quarterbacks is can. And they get it done when they need to, and that's exactly what he did. And speaking of getting done when they need to, Jimmy Garoppolo, woof. Yeah, I was not good. I was uh I was shocked. Yeah, it was very uncharacteristic of him, especially after the mentor that he's had when it comes to late game situations and and essentially just controlling the tempo of the game and Yeah, no, to it, was, me, it was very uncharacteristic. To me, it almost felt that Shanahan didn't have any trust in him. Did, did you get that vibe? At points I did, yeah. Maybe that was just reading into it too much because I felt that they were running a lot of reverses with Debo and they were running a lot of stuff with motion and they didn't get Kittle the ball. I agree. That's that's where I agree. Like At points in the game, there was spots where I thought, you know, after two or three first down stretches or reverses or whatever, you could maybe try to stretch the defense out on a first down or a second down with the play action. We really didn't do a lot of that. And that was going to passive. And the fact that we handed the ball, I thought we handed the ball off too much. I didn't think Jimmy threw it enough. Raheem Mostert is a, is a great quarter or running back. And I felt that they should, if they're going to run the ball, they should have gave it to use check more. Because he plays just like George Kittle. He's going to, after contact, he's going to keep going. He's going to have two or three guys behind him trying to get him down. And I mean, it's just going to keep running like a workhorse. And I don't know. I, but moving off of that, I don't think Mahomes should have got the MVP. I think it should have went to Williams. Yeah. I really do. It's, it's, I mean, in today's age of football, it's very hard for a running back to get it. Because obviously the quarterback's the most glamorous position, but man, Williams had a heck of a game. He really did. I thought I thought they were going to give it to him anyway, but I guess you can have a pretty decent argument both ways. And if it would have went to a winning te- or a losing team, which it never would have, Debo could have got it too. Yeah, because he had a heck of a game. He did play well, but nevertheless. Andy Big Red Reed is now a Super Bowl champion, and I'm glad he got that weight off his shoulder. 
Yeah, I'm happy for him. You know, I wanted the Niners to win, but at the same time, it's hard to root against a guy like Andy Reid. I mean, he's influenced and been a part of so many people's careers in the NFL, and everybody has nothing but good things to say about him. I was happy. I was happy for him. I really was. Andy Reid said he's going to go home and eat a double cheeseburger. I mean, that's just – I mean, how does it get any better than that? That's exactly right. I mean, and I might have been doing something different, but if that if double cheeseburger is what gets it for you, then that's good. <laughs> oh, boy. And then they asked him, did you see that they asked him if he spent the night with a trophy? And he said, no, I spent it with my trophy wife. <laughs> His trophy Jeez. wife. Valentine's Day is coming up. Good move, Coach. Yeah, that's very, very good answer there, Andy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes said, I want to be in Kansas City for a long time. Well, yeah, no kidding. With a guy like Andy Reid, I mean, that's a, that's the makings of the next Bill Belichick and Pat uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, I would really honestly would not be surprised if we saw the same two teams back there next year. <laughs> I would like I mean, the NFC team to be the Bears. I agree, and and I really hope it's someone else. But, I mean, Kansas City's got a great makeup roster-wise. And, I mean, other than uh, Richard Sherman and maybe a couple other guys, I mean, that San Francisco roster is young, too. And they're, they're, most of their guys aren't going anywhere either. So Yeah, everybody forgets that they're in the same boat that the Ravens are, and it's a good boat to be in. Right. Stephen A. Smith saying that uh, Shanahan blew this game. I don't know if you can put it all on him or he, there should have been some times where he called a timeout in specific spots. I don't know. The, the Niners just didn't impress me yesterday what, yeah, it, on both sides of the ball. I agree. I thought it was uh... – Nowhere near the type of explosiveness you usually see from them. And I mean, as far as Stephen A saying it's all on Shanahan, I mean, I feel like that's more just a Stephen A comment to get people riled up like he usually tries to do so people will watch his show or whatever. But I don't disagree that Shanahan had some of the blame to, to take, but I don't think it was all his fault. I think that's a little extreme. Yeah, I do too. Uh, let's see. I'm looking through. Uh, the standings just dropped uh, again, obviously, today. Uh, Baylor remains number one. Let's pull it up. Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, and South Dakota State, or San Diego State. Uh, Illinois fell to 20th, which I don't understand how. And Iowa moved up one from 18 to 17. So Illinois dropped one. And Butler moved up or down to 19. And Butler lost three games this week. Yeah, I so, mean, that just to me is it's aggravating. Like, you got two teams in the Big Ten that are playing well. And Iowa moves up only one spot. And... Illinois after a seven game, I thought we should have been ranked higher than 19 last week. I do too. I think we should have been at least 18 where Iowa was at. I don't know how they were there. I mean, you win seven games in a row and you're at the top of the Big Ten. What what else you got to do? <laughs> well, here's some shenanigans too. Michigan State's at 16. They dropped two spots. 
uh, from 14 to 16. They're 16 and 6. And the number one team, let's see, I know there's somebody that's worse than 16 and 6 that's above them. Yeah, Seton Hall at 16 and 5. They're at 12. Look at the caliber of the Big Ten compared to the Big East. That Big East is getting a lot of love. And I don't know why. Me either. You put any one of those teams against a Big Ten team, they lose. Well, Except for the Big Ten conference all year long. Tell me how it goes. Penn State's at 22 now. So now there's only. I mean, we one. potentially have how many teams that can make the tournament? 11? Uh, 12. 12? Yeah, 12 potential teams in the Big Ten. Let me look. I'll look up the bracketology real quick. And the next closest conference, I'm, I'm sure, is probably the Big East with like four or five. The big, yeah, the Big East has uh, six. But that's because they get favored every year. I've never understood the favoritism of the Big East. I've never understood it. It's about like the favoritism of the SEC in football. It's the same thing. I mean, outside of LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get you. But like, even the like the makeup of the Big East has changed so much in the last decade. With team teams moving conferences and things, and I don't know. I mean, whatever. So you the can bracket- make a lot of arguments about that stuff. You can make an argument about Gonzaga being second in the country. If you put Gonzaga in the Big Ten all year long, they go five hundred. Maybe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you can you can play the what if game all all day long. Three, but, four. I do like Mark Few. I'm a Mark Few fan. Seven. Yeah, look at you still going count. Eight. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Twelve. And that's with Minnesota playing. A, they're one of the play-in games. Has Lenardi changed his tune on us, or are we still a bubble team? He must have. Be, oh, no, 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 no. We're uh, – what's – Illinois <laughs> is – where are they at? They're in the east right now. They would what's be – a, a 12 seed? They would be in Tampa as a six seed and they'll play in the 11 against VCU as of right now. Oh, wow. Lenardi was a little bit of love this way, huh? If Illinois can stay at a six or a seven seed, I like that matchup because you play at a 10 or 11 or 11 or a 12. Rather. I'd rather be a six. I would too because if you're a seven, you're playing a 10. And if right. you're a five, you're uh, if you're a five, you're in uh, a victim of the infamous five twelve. I think that three, is the worst matchup in in three twelves won last year. I think yeah, three out of the four twelve seeds won. <laughs> that five twelve matchup in the first round is is death, certain death for a five seed. Yeah, it's not good. I don't want to be a five at all. I'm with you. I, six is perfect. I'm just a six. <laughs> um, listen to this. If some things change, 
and Illinois stays in the east bracket, which would put them in Tampa, there is a possibility where Rutgers can move, or excuse me, Wisconsin, and Illinois could be playing Wisconsin in the first round. Yikes. I don't like that at all. Me either. Whatsoever. But yeah, hey, that, that would be one of the most inopportune matchups, I would, I would say. If they stay in this bracket, I would rather them play Texas Tech, Stephen F. Austin, VCU, who they're matched up with now, Stanford, or UC Irvine. Yeah, I'll take any of them teams from out west. Gonzaga would be the number one seed in the east. If they move to the west, which they won't, what about the Midwest? What if they stayed in the Midwest? Why is Northern Florida a 16 in the Midwest right now? All the nardy. What is this tonfoolery? He just flipping coins at this point. Take Arizona out of St. Louis and put Illinois there. What? Well, that would make too much sense, though, you know? Or BYU, take them out of St. Louis, put them in the West. Iowa being in the West makes sense. I would agree. West Virginia being in the West does not make sense. Ooh, Ohio. If the tournament were to start today, eight and nine seed in the West and Sacramento would be USC versus Ohio State. Eight and nine. Ohio State with a nine. Really? I'm sorry, but Ohio State would demolish them. (laughs) And how about that? Ohio State gets a nine with a conference record right now of what? One and four and six. Or four and six now? Yeah. Four and six. Four guys. Can you imagine being the number one team and going to almost last in the Big Ten? And same with San Diego State. You were just talking about them. I can't even name the conference they're in. But they're 23-0. and Fair. I get it. They're the number one seed in the West. But who do they play? I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. I can't tell you one team that's in that conference. I don't even know what conference it is. Let me look it up. I'm look, I just clicked on it. Mountain West. Oh, they are in the West, huh? They're in the Mountain West Conference. They play Air Force, Boise State. The best team they play is UNLV. What do you mean they got the UMBC, the the the, the famous 16 seed? That was a uh, in Nevada. That 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 would be a that that game as much fun as that was to watch. That's never going to happen again. I would agree. Okay. University of New Mexico, UNLV, Wyoming, Nevada, good team. Fresno, Boise, Utah State, CP, I don't know who that is. Colorado. Mountain West. Colorado State, Boise State, Utah, Wyoming. Yeah, I mean, everyone else. In that conference is 
bad. Yeah, not good. The opposite of good. Yeah, I mean six. I mean sixteen and eight in Colorado State. They play some school. They played some school named SDCC. I'm sure that stands for San Diego Community College. Probably. <laughs> That's a heck of a non-conference schedule resume there. They played. Gra- they played Grand Canyon and smacked them. Grand Canyon's usually all right. They beat us. Well, no, they didn't. They sh- they should about did. Yeah, they did. They played us close. The best team in basketball as of late that that San Diego State plays is Nevada. Yeah, you're gonna give them a one seed in the West. Yikes! If the tournament started today, I guess. I guess we have to do the the, the if big if there. Baylor being a one seed, they're gonna be the one of the whole tournament. It sounds. Kansas is the other one seed. Understandable. I'll tell yeah. you what, we talked about it a little bit. Well, actually, I don't know if we talked about it. I know I've talked about it in the past. Kansas stole a guy from Iowa. You'd imagine if Iowa would have had Isaiah Moss yesterday. Oh, he would committed to Iowa? Isaiah Moss played at Iowa for two years. Oh, I didn't know that. And transferred to Kansas. Wow. Yeah. Isaiah Moss was a starter at Iowa last year. If we if they'd have had him, if if Iowa had Isaiah Moss, I think they'd be up there in contention anyway. Isaiah Moss averaging 8.2, 1.8, and he's shooting 43%. He's not a crazy flashy dude, but he's just solid, man. His splits are crazy. He's a Chicago Simeon kid, I think. Yeah, sure it is. I knew that. Yeah, I thought he was. I remember watching him play over in Pontiac a few years ago. Wow, I did not know that. He was on Jabari's squad, I think. Boy, you man. Well, they play tonight on ESPN. I might have to watch that. Who does? Kansas and Texas. I suppose that would be a pretty good game. Uh, Texas has a 5.6% chance to win. Five point six for is it is it at Kansas probably then? Rock chalk Jayhawks. Oh God! Better be careful going into that place. Ain't no kidding. Basketball game or cage match? Take your pick. Yeah. Got people up in the stands screaming at the player. Give him the chair. <laughs> it's like a WWE. Yeah, man. Shoot, <laughs> one kid from Kansas State about got the chair last week. Jeez. <laughs> It's a shoots and ladders match. Yeah, little John Cena, like you can't see me. Literally couldn't see him because he was coming in hot with that chair. That's crazy, man. That's just more negative attention that Kansas doesn't need, especially after the heat that 
itself's been under. Let's well, say they're still it. under a little bit. I don't know the particulars. I'm not going to get into it, but I think they still might be in a little bit of heat. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's potential decent amount of money that's going to be paid. Yeah, I think, so. and if not, some suspensions. For sure. Or not suspensions. Uh, sanctions. sanctions. That's yeah. what we're looking for. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. The Illinois is going to be fun. Uh, like we know, Mondays are our shorter episodes, kind of a recap of the weekend. Thursdays are where we sit down and talk for a little bit. So we didn't record on Sunday because Jay and I were both uh, busy. <laughs> yeah, occupied. Um, but yeah, now that I don't know about you, I know you don't watch or you say you watch the highlights. I follow the NBA pretty hard about this time of year. So I'll be able to talk about that a little bit. I mean, yeah. you know, you know enough about it, see enough highlights that you can watch it. So the East is going to be pretty tight the rest of the year. I'll be following the East mainly. Watch what the Bulls will do. All-Star games coming up. So baseball season's officially started. Not yet. Another couple of weeks. But, I mean, football's over. Yeah, for sure. I do, I do know uh, I, I, watched, I watched the Bulls quite a bit when they were on TV. My Bulls got a chance to make a little bit of a run here. They, they, might have, be able to, they might be able to get in in uh, one of the, like the very, very last spots. Say, there's a potential that they get in that eight spot. Yeah, I mean, they got to start playing a little better. They took one on the chin. This uh, might have been. Uh, it was against my Pacers. It was, yes, was it yesterday? Oh, yeah, they played yesterday. I didn't watch it. I watched the first like first quarter maybe and turned I it off. I know, and then I was going to talk about that last week. We just had to be the game where old Oladipo came back and drained a three with – no time in the end of regulation. First of all, the Pacers should have never been in that situation anyway. No offense to the Bulls, but they no, should agree, not have been in that spot. <laughs> as good as they are, they shouldn't have been there. But it's good to see the sacrificial lamb for Victor Oladipo's comeback shot. For yeah, you have no. My mom and I are both Pacers fans. I was watching the game with her and my mother, and I think we might have woke the neighbors up next door. Because when he hit that shot, I about threw my remote through the through the uh, sliding door, back patio door. Yeah, it was it was huge. I mean, it was like it was a jaw dropping shot. He hit that he from the parking left. lot. Yeah, I don't care what team you're cheering for. I know me and a couple of my buddies were watching it, and he hit that shot, and we're like, "Oh my!" I like, was you didn't have so- to do that to us, Vic. <laughs> I was gonna say something, but I didn't know if you were watching it, so I refrained. No, you're good, but yeah, uh, honestly, the the race in the East could be fun, like you said. Yeah, Toronto could win or get the one spot in the East, or it could go to the Heat. It could go anywhere. So that's like the most next relevant thing we got is the NBA until uh, spring training starts, and then we'll be covering that pretty hard, I think. Judging Can't by wait. the sound of it. So yeah, that's gonna do it for us today. Unless you got anything else that you want. To talk about while we're here no man i'm i'm uh, got everything off my chest for tonight we'll uh sit down in front of the tv and be on the phone gathering more info for thursday yes sir we'll be back on friday that's when you'll hear us next i will be back jay and i also talk to each other thursday night for friday's episode but that's going to do it for us today jay I'll, I'll talk to you later sounds like a plan brother